individually, collectively transforming community, peace in our human family. So below, feel the pain in my soul, the red pill dissolved. Organized, no matter the cost. Politicians start wars, they don't fight, they sit the poor. And nothing lasts forever as long as we stay together. Give hell to the masses, watch the unity rapture. This is for the kids and the culture. It's one love, one growth, one light. Light warriors. I'm sorry, I clicked the button too fast. What you said that timer was for? <laughs> What now? What did you say your timer was for? Too your timer went off. To get on the show. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right. So I'm, I'm like, not the only one. I have to run my life. I'm very ADHD, so I'm very much. I have like so many timers set. Oh, look, my partner is the same way. Like, she has a part. She has a timer for everything. It's just, it's insane. I just hear the timer go off all the time, and I'm just like, all and right, I'm what still late. <laughs> Well, this time you were early. You were I was, boy. yay. <laughs> I, so, I always joke with my friends that I can either be early or, or late. I'm never exactly on time. Yeah, see, that's how my mom raised me as well. You know, she was like, to be on time is actually to be late. So she always wanted me to be early. It was like a big deal in our family. It was kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, my, my partner is like that. So, um, yeah, we keep each other on our toes. <laughs> Yeah, see, that's dope. And now I'm starting to do a timer thing, too, because the timer thing actually works and stuff like that. And just, like, adding little footnotes into my alarm clock to be like, make sure you pay the IRS or make sure you send in your rent check or something like that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And, like, you just introduced me to the Calendly app. And I am, like, my little Capricorn heart is so full. (laughs) I've just been, like, color organizing. Just... I love it so much. It really, I hope it's going to help me get my life a little bit more together. Oh, yeah. It's dope. Um, I had to chill with it a little bit because I was just sending out my calendar to, like, mad people. <laughs> and I had to learn that that's not a good idea because then I had to I, well, schedule a lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, for me, too, like, I've had people like, oh, your calendar. And I'm like, dude, yeah. like. I'm a freelancer. I have like five different jobs. Like right. how I don't have a secretary. So like, please oh, yeah. bear with me. <laughs> yeah. It's so dope. And I like how I did, I, I adjusted it where I can like choose the hours, what people could choose. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, this, why didn't I do that earlier? <laughs> <laughs> well, and for me too, like what I've been doing is like, I'm thinking about like using it, like, like for my art, um to like schedule like weird interactions that people can have with me you know like Mm -hmm. hey come like i don't know tell me a secret or something like that and we'll schedule a call and maybe i'll make art out of it i don't don't know yet it's like still brewing in my head oh yeah that's that's freaking dope that's dope that thing is that thing is godsend you know what i mean like it just makes that in the google calendar is just everything that's all yeah, I love I being able to like, <laughs> yeah, wake up in the morning and just like, bloop. you know, um, I don't know. 
I do sometimes I'm like, Oh, technology, but also for me, like some parts of technology have been so helpful, like, especially as like a neurodivergent person, like Mm -hmm. I, my brain doesn't work where I can keep all those dates in my head and I keep everything straight. And my concept of time is like super warped. Right. So like, you know, (laughs) Well, I mean, time is a construct, just like gender. That's how I always say. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, it is. It it really is. Everything is nuanced in this whole entire world. You know, nothing is black and white. That's the way I see it. Like, (laughs) it's It's a story to everything. (laughs) Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, And by the way, everybody, um, she, uh, they are part of the Magic Press. That's the name of your podcast, right? Uh, So my podcast is Art is for Everybody. Okay, word. Yes. And Magic Press is my studio. Okay, word. Okay, so the name of your studio is Magic Press. Yeah. Okay. And um, how long have you been doing your artists for everybody uh, podcast? Um, so I started I it, check it during out. the pandemic. So I started it yes. in, I think, April or May of last year. Um, my friend Juanita Austin, who I think you've had on this show. Uh, yes. Yeah. That's my homie. Um, Shout yeah, out to the New amazing. London crew. <laughs> I love her. Um, so she and I um, had, before um, lockdown happened, um, we had received a grant to do a book fair. Um, and it was going nice. to be like a weekend event. And we were going to invite poets and performers and have like a zine fest. And so that was like kind of what we had planned for 2020. That was like our big project to work on together. And we had like written this grant the year before. And so then when lockdown happened, we were kind of like, what do we do? And so um, we were able to host um, an online poetry slam, which was really great. But I also had some extra money and I like to use my grants as a form of mutual aid. So usually when I write a grant, I usually write in the budget um, to invite other artists in because I know artists need always to be paid for their work because they're asked to work for free so much. And so with that money, (laughs) I decided to do a podcast because honestly, I just, I really miss talking to my friends about art. Right. You know, like living and, and, and working uh, in New London and in the Connecticut shoreline, we, we're like, there's so many artists. And I would be like walking just like to get a coffee and run into somebody and be like, oh, what you doing? What you working on? And, you know, as we all kind of adjusted to, you know, COVID restrictions, I wanted to talk to people. Um, and I don't know if you can tell, since I haven't really let you get a word in, I love to talk. i mean that's dope honestly you know what i mean like it's it's good to have a lot of good conversations and feel connected you know zoom saved a lot of lives honestly i would say that especially keeping people productive and letting people be able to work Mm -hmm. it's such a weird time and now we have like this delta uh strain going around and even vaccinated people which you can still catch covid people uh regardless what strain but a lot of vaccinated people are also getting sick too. And I saw a headline on the news from uh, News Channel 8 saying that it's destroying unvaccinated population. 
Um, which, yeah, that is actually true. But can you also shed light on how it's also affecting people that are vaccinated as well, too? Because I know a few people in Florida, for instance, that are hospitalized and they have they were vaccinated. So it's 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 a really different thing. I'm wearing my mask as, as much well, as Well, I mean, masks are really <laughs> probably, I mean, not to go off, but yeah, yeah. Um, masks are the most effective, least... Um, and require the least access to do, right? Right. And before moving to Connecticut, we lived in Japan where mask wearing during flu season and cold season was very normalized. Like that was just because Japan is very densely populated and because most people are using public transit, it was just normal to see people with masks on. And I remember when I first saw that, I was like, ooh, well, if you don't want my germs, like that was my first kind of Americanized <laughs> Western reaction, right? Yep. But what was explained to me was mm-hmm. that, no, in fact, they're protecting you by wearing a mask, right? Mm-hmm. And so like masks are like a huge form of community care. And I it really saddens me that um, something that really has saved lives and has reduced, you know, population, you know, yeah, I mean, I don't, I can't really go into it. I'm not a medical professional, but I know all the medical professionals I do know recommend wearing masks and I've continued to wear my mask as much as possible. I have gotten lax. Um, where I think we're all very tired. And so that's again, where, where I like wanted to do this podcast because like, People want to hear these conversations and, you know, because public arts have been defunded, we don't get to have these conversations in school, right? And we don't have to have, get to have these conversations in life. And that's intentional. Like, I always kind of like, oh, like, like, people are like, oh, defund the police was a bad saying. Well, people understood defunding the arts. People Mm -hmm. understood defunding education. Mm-hmm. You know, people can understand defunding when um, there's not propaganda, you know, wrapped up in it. Right, yeah. right, and that's exactly that's something that I was talking about. I had with um, Brad uh, McDowell. Shouts out to Brad McDowell. He is running for uh, mayor in Hampton. Um, he was he's been on the student uh, not student council, the city council for a few years now. Does a tremendous job. I call him and Justin Farmer like the squad there in New in Hampton <laughs> because they're just so dope. Um, and they were just talking about abolishing police and talking about how the stigma around it is exactly what you're saying. It's just the propaganda. People don't they don't know. They can't fathom what is that. But I don't. I'm scared to talk about that as much now that I'm live on Facebook because Facebook has been shadow banning my videos. <laughs> so okay, well I'll try to like keep it Facebook. I mean. You know, no, no. I, I'm on it's the list already. So. Oh yeah, it's, it's it's whatever. I just wanted to give a jab to Facebook real quick because yeah, I'm just yeah. like, oh, oh have yeah, like 200 people that like my page. And 200 <laughs> people like my page. Like no one's listening to me, and you over here shadow banning my shit. But it's alright. It's okay. Um, I mean, you know, um, we we there's this kind of conversation around cancel culture, right? Right. And, um, what I rarely hear addressed is shadow banning and the way, um, particularly SESTA and FOSTA, um, the passage of that 
It's um, mm. uh, an act that was supposedly to protect sex workers and mm. people in sex work. But what mm. it ended up causing is um, like Tumblr. It was like the downfall of Tumblr because Tumblr banned all sexual content. And that yeah. was like where a lot of queer artists shared their work because Tumblr really was like a very much an open forum. And then um, it slowly crept into Instagram to the point now that like um, I actually had to like take a bunch of stuff down, just stuff that had been on Instagram for five, six, seven years. Cause I've been on Instagram for like almost a decade now yeah, yeah. and stuff that had been up for five, like I said, like most of that time was, I then got like community warning about. And oh, so, wow. yeah, yeah. It was really insane. Meanwhile, my DMS are filled with like all these porn accounts, mm-hmm. you know, like, and I don't know. I, we, we like the thing about censorship is that it's always about power. Yes. And yes, who has the power to censor? And so right. when these white cis men complain about cancel culture, what they are complaining about is losing their power to be harmful on a public stage. Oh, Ali. <laughs> and 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 I mean and there's some white women in there too. Yeah. Because yeah. that's how white supremacy works, right? Mm-hmm. And as a feminist and a queer artist who has been making art with nudity and with um quote unquote inappropriate imagery for decades. Imagery. You know? <laughs> um yeah. it's really it's it hurts me. Yeah. And not just like as a business person, but as an artist, because my first experience of witnessing um, like queer art getting banned were the um, National Arts Endowment trials in the 90s. Wow. And um, uh, that was a backlash against ACT UP. What is, what is the, uh, what is the national, what, what is it called again? So the National Art Endowment still exists. Although mm-hmm. Trump did try to defund it during his thing, and the There's National Arts Endowment is supposed to be um, is supposed to fund public art, okay. and um, for many many years, um, that is how a lot of American artists um, supported their families and were able to have art as a full time job. Okay, uh, it also gotcha. supported quite a lot of like after school programs, a lot of public art programs. Um, and in the, I can't remember exactly, but it was like in the mid nineties, um, there was a huge conservative backlash, um, where they used the work of Robert Maplethorpe and a few other queer artists who were, you know, Mm -hmm. pushing boundaries, um, to defund them. And there was this huge, oh, and I think Sally Mann got caught up in it. If there's a, Sally it's Mann kind of this, like hidden history. Oh wow. Yeah, this yeah. sounds very hidden because I I'm familiar with Sally May a lot. <laughs> yeah, and so like there was this huge and and what is so disturbing to me today is that these same conversations that were happening in the 90s when I was like 13, 14 year old and first mm-hmm. coming into like my like like awareness of politics right. is that 
Think of the children. Think of always. the children. Always. Always. It's always. It's always. <laughs> Meanwhile, like, um, those same people are like, let's open up the country while 12 year olds are still unvaccinated. Right. So, what about the children right. then? Right. Like, exactly. that's kind of like where I'm like, it's never right. really about the children. Right. And, because and what about queer children? What about trans children? Right. Right. You're a parent. You're also a parent, right? You have a, I'm a parent. You have yeah, I am. Yeah. And, and my son has what, grown up with my work, like in the house. Yeah. What is it like uh, being a parent that is also non-binary? Um, it you you must be annoyed with those uh those <laughs> motherfuckers that you got to go see during like school teacher council or. <laughs> um, you know, I tend to avoid some of those meetings because they can be pretty triggering. Mm -hmm. But it is always interesting with other parents come and try to convince me to be panicked about trans people when they don't realize that I'm a trans person. And that happens to me a lot. And that's kind of like been my experience of transness. Um, Mm -hmm. I came out as a non-binary person in 2015, 2016. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Tumblr, for teaching me the word genderqueer. Like as soon as I read that, I was like, there it is. That's it. Oh yeah, Tumblr used to be the shit, and I was dead now. <laughs> I still have yeah, an account. Um, so, I mean, it is interesting to be a parent these days. Um, I because one of the things that's really interesting is that people are really thrown when they find out I'm a parent. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, because I am really private about my family life. Right. I'm very public about like my personal life and my personal experiences and my history. And I talk about being a survivor and I talk about being in recovery and all mm-hmm. these other things very publicly as part of my art. Mm-hmm. And that also means I have very strict boundaries about my private life, right? Right. Because that's how I have to, that's just how I have to operate. And so I don't often like, I don't share a lot of pictures of my kid online because I feel like that's kind of mm, a little bit like pushing the boundaries of consent. Mm -hmm. And I also like, don't always mention my partner who like, we've been married since 2006. Um, And so, you know, people just assume that somebody who is femme and working in the arts and who has dedicated their life to the art doesn't have time to do anything else. Yeah. Yeah. And so because like, honestly, I grew out my hair during the pandemic and this has changed the way people interact with me. I had my hair for a decade, like really Uh-oh. like pixie. So, and so what's the interactions? What's, what's the compare contrast? <laughs> Well, so one thing that I noticed, this is funny. I was just out with my friend. Um, hey, Cougar, if you're watching. Um, we were just out. And Cougar is very much um, an androgynous person and looks so. Awesome. But whenever they're with me, we get ladied. It's like, hey, ladies. And I always say, my femme is so ascendant that it rubs off on you. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> they don't know what to do up there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's confusing because, and I really think the whole pronoun thing, like I support everybody using whatever pronouns 
make them feel comfortable. I mm-hmm. also think that the pronoun debate, if we mm-hmm. want to call it that, is very much the gay marriage of trans rights. Does that make sense? In that it's this thing that like cis people, heterosexual people are very comfortable debating and very comfortable talking about, right? But they're not so comfortable talking about how they continue to discriminate against us. And pronouns really, they isn't really like, that's just the closest approximate pronoun that works for me. Right, honestly. Right. Like, right. I know I he's not right, and I she's sometimes okay, mm-hmm. and they's fine, you know, mm-hmm. and it works. Mm-hmm. And I know if somebody uses they for me, that they see me. Mm-hmm. It's almost an everyday thing, honestly. I, I hear twenty four seven the straights. The straights are triggered. The straights are very triggered, um, and I'm just sitting here listening to them, and, just, and then they they see me. They're like, oh shit. Twin down a little bit. Twin down a little bit. He's queer. (laughs) The liberation part for me is that, like, I am liberated. Like, what the straights think about me and what cis people think about me is none of Mm -hmm. my business. And I am very happy to live my life as a queer person out loud for other queer people. Mm -hmm. And if straight and cis people are affected by it or changed by it, all the better. But I'm loud and I'm proud for like the queer kids who can't be. No, oh yeah, definitely. Um, I I I feel like it's so necessary to keep talking about this because even in our own community, the queer community, there's a lot of uh, toxic individuals that mm-hmm. add to this oppression. Um, I I could I I could think of a lot of uh, a good amount. I don't know if you, if you had that experience yet. Um, how many like I know you had experience, but do do you still like see those people that like are very toxic towards their own community? Like they're just like, oh, I'm just a lesbian, and that should be the only way. Or oh, all these all these uh acronyms and stuff, and I can't keep track. <laughs> like that type of shit. Yeah, and 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 that's always like that's really confusing to me because i guess i came up in a queer community where like we we were constantly making up new ways to describe ourselves right we were like part to me part of queer culture and actually this is part of queer art theory and written theory and you can like it's actually like academized mm-hmm. but also just from my own experience like queer people love to play with language yeah because like language is such a part of power right and and so like i remember like um as a kid even changing prayers in church to make them fit like my worldview and so like um like there's this thing too and Whenever I see, so, I mean, TERFs can fuck off because they're fascists. I'm sorry. Um, oh, no, they're fascists and they're connected to white supremacy and they're being funded by fascists and white supremacists. So, yep. like, all, like TERFism is just a, a like that, okay? So, mm-hmm. um, however, unfortunately, they have a lot of money and yeah. they have a lot of support and power to make things hard to live as a queer person. Uh, and we've seen what's happened in England, and now it's coming to the United States. 
Um, oh, can you speak on what's going on in England? What happened in England? Well, so it's ongoing. Mm-hmm. But um, basically, so if, you, if you're not familiar with the term TERF, it trans, stands for Trans Exclusionary Radical Feminist, okay? Mm-hmm. And so um, I think I first in, in, encountered one on Twitter in like early 2014. Um, and I wasn't quite out as a, as a trans person yet, but I was definitely always supported. I had trans friends and, um, and so it was actually one of my first really terrible, um, negative experiences online was being dogpiled by turfs from England. Oh no. And, um, you know, basically they are regressing this very patriarchal, idea of what it means to be a human and it's again it's tied to white supremacy and specifically like eugenics yes like it is not an exaggeration to say that some of the research that they use is research that that was written by literal nazis about queer people and trans people and the language that they're using like degenerate that's straight out of Nazi Germany, 1930s. Yeah. And this is why I wanted you to break it down because yeah, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Just so like, so people so understand. Like, <laughs> so it's, and, and unfortunately I think within the queer community, um, mm-hmm. there's a lot of racism that just be, there was never addressed because if you think about it, like we, the queer community came out in a big way, like there was like a lot of like liberation that came. Well, I mean, you can go back to the thirties, but, and then Nazism happened. So you can follow that. It's like queer liberation, fascism, queer liberation, fascism. It's a cycle, right? And so they're using the same playbook that like, Oh, what about the children? Like what they say about trans people today is what they were saying about gay and queer people and lesbians and everybody in the eighties and nineties when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So like this, it's like, it's, they're not even new. Yeah. They're not even and like updated. Because your history has been erased. Yes. There's a lot of people who don't have access to that. Right. Yes. 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 And that's part of what magic press and zines are about to me is like, that's dope. like, you know, sharing this knowledge. Like I was lucky enough to, grow up in a time where art hadn't been defunded yet in public schools. And that's how I had access to it. And I was lucky enough to grow up in a family that really respected the arts. We were like Irish by descent. And so arts is a very big part of our family. Right. And, um, but not everybody was. And so I'm getting distracted, but basically like turfism is at the root of a lot of this stuff. Right. And if you, there's a lot of great writers, the Siobhan O'Reilly, um, oh no. Oh, what's her name? Anyway, I can like give you a list of writers. There's uh, Caitlin Burns mm-hmm. is a trans, um, writer and who has been, cause there's like, weird, they've been investigating now because like, basically if you follow the money, it all goes back to like the same people who've been funding Trump are funding the anti-trans agenda. Oh, hell yeah. Follow that money. And if you follow also a lot of people who are pushing the the um, 
abortion laws, yeah. you know? And so a lot, I think of like the internal struggle in the queer community is unfortunately internalized self-hatred. And so I'm much willing to be compassionate for fellow queer people. I mean, to a limit, like if I, you know, if you make me feel unsafe, yeah. like I can still have a compassion for you, but I can also still have a boundary. Right. Exactly. And where I get really frustrated is how feminism has been co-opted, particularly by white women, mm-hmm. particularly by this like conservative liberal white yes. Um, yes. experience. And I actually have faced more discrimination uh, in person in feminist circles than anywhere else, uh, particularly in Connecticut. Mm. And that's been really, really hard for me because I, uh, like I am deeply feminist in my practice. And, you know, it's frustrating because I think, oh, I'm going to this feminist space, so I'll be safe. Right. Right. I have allies here. I have support here. There's solidarity here. And it's almost worse than like, at least if I'm like walking into like the GOP headquarters, I know those people fucking hate me, right? Exactly. Exactly. When I walk into a space (laughs) where I expect solidarity and support, and then I don't get it. And then when I speak up about it, I'm then gaslit about that experience. Mm Mm-hmm. That is so harmful to me. And I know that it's harmful to others because I know that it happens to black women and Latina, you know, um, and non-binary people and trans men. Um, and there's just so much work that we can do. And, and part of like the work that I do is through art because I think art is like a way to like kind of, express ourselves like without gender right right i agree and i'm reading like i'm tired of being women do not support women like we're supposed to and it sucks and like i want to just like say like yeah it really sucks and i agree and that's part of patriarchal training so like i don't blame another woman when they're enforcing the patriarchy You know, I try to live very open-hearted and compassionately. And it's like, uh, I think it's Malcolm Malcolm X who said, like, I cannot hate you for what you don't know. Mm -hmm. Again, I can set really clear boundaries. I can choose not to work with you. I can choose not to support you. And if people ask me, I will tell the truth about that. But like, to me too, like, I want to be open-hearted because that's what the patriarchy wants us to do is shut down. Yeah. They want us to be emotionally shut down. They want us to be disconnected from any community. And they want us all to be these individuals running in circles. And like, and, and that is like, it's so damaging, no matter if it's in the feminist community, if it's in nonprofit culture, mm-hmm. it's everywhere. And like, yeah. that's why to me, it's like, I'm radical. And I go by the next step. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, my bad. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just thinking um, because it's honestly just universal in that way because 
I was talking to Comrade Perez. I don't. Uh, he's a he's a comrade that's uh, in in Jersey, and we were talking about how stressful it is to just educate people and talk and have these tough conversations, which you have to do. Honestly, you got to have these tough conversations because if you don't, then the Nazi down the street is going to talk to them, or the the turf down the street is going to talk to them. Or the anti-trans person down the street is going to talk to them. Or the, the, the cop down the street is going to talk to them. You got You have to talk to them. The, 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 I had to learn that for myself. Is the, oh, the education is out there, so you have to educate yourself. Um, and I thought that, that was the right thing to do until somebody pulled me aside. It was like, look, that's a kid, bro. Like, you could talk to that kid. Talk to that kid. <laughs> Well, there's like this this really great thing about, for me, like growing up uh, emotionally is that I have this thing now called discernment. Right. So I can, if I'm faced with a situation where I feel like education can happen, I can mm-hmm. discern that. And if I'm faced with a situation where this person is completely, probably closed then yes. I, I can I can say, okay, this is I will be harmed by this interaction, so I choose not to have it. That's exactly what I was saying. Exactly that point. Because you can't have a conversation with a Candace Owens or or <laughs> a uh, I don't even want to name all these people, but they're all just different versions of the Meg and Kelly and the white Jesus concept. They just have a whole little practice and everything. <laughs> so well, you and can't they talk can't to these people. Not face value either. Right. Like, they are not they are not having an authentic experience they are being paid to say these things they benefit from saying these things financially like so like they can't be trusted and and again this is like the problem with like liberalism is that Mm -hmm. they're they continue to debate the gop and the fascist on like honest terms Mm -hmm. but not honest with the dnc and they're not and and so That's why I'm radical, because radicalism for me is grasping things at the root. And I'm quoting Angela Davis, (laughs) like, but it's the root and I'm a gardener. So think about when you pull a weed out and you don't get it by the root. All it does is spread. All it does is multiply, actually. Right. Right. And I I I went through like anti-racist, anti-fascist training in the 90s in Mm -hmm. South Carolina and so, like, that was a completely different experience of anti-racism and anti-fascism. How so? Um, we never talked about white privilege. Well, of course. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think that that term probably did exist, but it mm-hmm. wasn't part of anti-racist training. Because it was yeah. assumed by the time you got to anti-racist training and you were ready to train as an anti-fascist, Mm-hmm. That you had already acknowledged some of that, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I mean, and look, I was very young, so my memories are not completely accurate, are not accurate, but you know they're fuzzy. I was young, mm-hmm. and a lot happened in between. But the woman that I trained with, she trained with. Have you ever seen the videos of it's like Jane Goodman? I think her name is. She's like a gray haired lady with like round glasses. They yeah, her videos you know her? go around, but she's like hardcore. Like, if you started to cry, you had to leave the room. Right, right. You know her. So, I can't remember her name, but she's very famous for yeah, yeah. 
teaching anti-racism. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I yeah. have uh, studied her a few times. Well, and she's very con- confrontational. Yeah. And um, so that I think that was the difference. I, I think to training down south to um, I trained with a lot. I, I don't know. It was just different, and it was a different time. Mm-hmm. It was before nine eleven, and yeah. I, I wasn't think, even born. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So ninety two. I'm ninety two. <laughs> uh, so I mean, I did a lot of my anti racist training in like the late nineties, early two thousands. My early mm-hmm. stuff, like it was when I got into college. It was like Free Mumia was like a huge thing. That's that was That's like the boy. The, yeah. yeah. Hope it stays. You still, I'm pushing still. that shit. Hell yeah. <laughs> um. But, you know, that was kind of my background. And um, so, you know, there's nothing wrong with the anti-racist training, anti-bias training that I have experienced now because I do think it is necessary. However, I was disturbed in a few of the programs that I participated in how white feelings were centered. And, um, that really like in one instance, I actually like intervened because, Mm. you know, some things were happening and unfortunately the arts is full of this kind of denialism. Yeah. Um, I agree, especially in the, in, in the music world, it's a, it's a very big deal. It's kind of like, there's this, like, like the arts think they get a pass. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. we're the arts. Oh, yeah. I, I could definitely see that. <laughs> and so I actually did my entire, my thesis at RISD, which I completed in 2016, mm-hmm. um, was entitled The Imperative of The Imperative of Activist Pedagogy in Art Education. Mm. And it's because that I found in art education our education, specifically visual art education, was about 30 years behind implementing social justice and like kind of um, teaching methods that were trauma-informed, race-informed, gender-informed, all of that. Mm. And there's a lot of reasons behind that. Um, Number one, because the arts have always been struggling just to get funded. So I think a lot of times we are afraid to kind of speak to these things because I mean, I know I've been told all my life, you've got to separate your politics from your art or you'll never sell anything. Oh yeah. Same thing with music. Right. So it's like, stupid. Oh, you gotta be palatable. Yeah. And you know what? I'm tired of being palatable. I'm spicy. I'm not exactly. for everybody. Actually. Exactly. Facts. And I'm Facts. chill. I'm just here to party. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's 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 mind-boggling to me because just like music, a lot of the great, unless I've been under a rock or somehow, but a lot of the great art pieces I have witnessed and seen of a modern era is politically and, and racially charged in a way. It's 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 it sends a message, it's, and also for for queerness as well too. Like the art that I see a lot of queer and trans people give out in this modern era is just phenomenal so it's like it at this point y'all they, they shouldn't be telling people this because that's just what the culture is 
honestly. Well, right. yeah, and and I would say that it's ahistorical. And and if you study art history, whether it's musical, dance, anything, it's ahistorical that art and politics have been separate. All you have to do is go look at the Black Panthers. Art mm-hmm. education was part of the Black Panther Party like platform. Yep, yes it was. And um, you know, there's been a lot of talk about like critical race theory. Well, part mm-hmm. of critical race theory is actually that art and politics are like that the personal is political and art is nothing if not personal, right? Right. And that um, one of my favorite pieces of writing, one that I reread a few times a year, and I always recommend to people, is Art is Not a Luxury by Audre oh, Lorde. Yeah. And that she breaks cool. it down in about two page, a two-page essay about that, like, it is not, art is not what we do when the work is done. Art is the work. Mm. Art is what helps us imagine these futures we are working for without, or we cannot even, art, like we can't imagine it. And if we Mm. can't imagine the change that we want to see through our art, then how can we create the change? And again, create. Mm. Like the creation of change is like art in itself. Mm -hmm. Um, And I consider myself like a social practice artist. Like, so actually education and going out in the community and sharing art with the community is my artistic practice. It is my art. Mm, mm, yeah, it's dope. It's dope. Yeah, because honestly, it's like, what other inspiration are you getting? You can't really paint about what's going on inside your house. Like, oh, this is a nice view of the sea every fucking day. Like, if you are trying to, like, get some variation in, you know what I mean? Like, like for instance, like, you know, with, the, with music, like, I, I hate trying to stay in one genre. I listen to so many genres. And and have so and and i listen to what people are telling me around the world and shit like this so i can just like give it a type of vision within what i'm speaking or playing about you know what i mean so it's like you shouldn't want to box yourself from not trying to look into the politics or look into something controversial what which is just basically controversial to the people with the money honestly they're the one that are controlling the narrative like you should just be free to do whatever you want to do instead of trying to like and this it's it's sad it's like it's like a chain honestly it's just that chain has to be broken but we're living in the belly of the beast so again of course we're not <laughs> i mean we all are trying to survive <laughs> the best we can right right <laughs> um but i also think for me and i was just i was just talking about this um with a friend um and so <clears throat> you know Mutual aid helps me be responsive rather than reactive. Mm. Right. And so that's something I have learned in like recovery as like a, 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 a assault survivor is that like, <clears throat> I'm, re- I'm not responsible. Like, like my feelings, I can't really control my feelings. When I have a strong emotion, it comes right. Right. But right. how I choose to respond and behave that is my responsibility right and so i don't always i mean come on i'm i have like i have a bad temper (laughs) i'm just gonna like be real about it and you know i work on that really hard and anger is useful oh yeah (laughs) and anger like for me what happens for me is i gotta feel it Mm -hmm. then i gotta deal with it 
and then I can heal it. And so too often people want me to set aside my anger and I'm like, no, I can work through it. Like, and actually working through it is going to help me process it. So what I was talking about today is I've heard a lot of people kind of like dogging on like, oh, if you're unvaccinated, you suck. Right. And number one, that's pretty ableist. Number mm-hmm. two, it doesn't really um, account for the people who are, in working families and they can't take tech their time off or mm-hmm. don't have access or all these reasons. Right. But also for me, I'm like, okay, like, yeah, it's really frustrating to do all the right things and still not be able to be free because some people aren't really doing what they need to do. Mm-hmm. But have you reached out to your friends, your neighbors, your family, your community? Have you made sure that the people you know are vaccinated? And if they're not, are you, are you saying like, well, I can watch your kid while you go get vaccinated or I can drive you to the vaccination pot spot. Or for me, I have a really hard time as an ADHD person with like all the admin stuff mm-hmm. and trying to find, I, I like had like a mental breakdown trying to get on when like they first released the vaccine. Right. Mm-hmm. So maybe reaching out to somebody is like, Hey, let me help you. Like I've been doing that with like some of like, it's my like in-laws down in Alabama and we're trying to help them set up an appointment, right? Because they don't, they can't really access the internet and they don't understand it. So that's what I'm talking about. Like mutual aid is like, I think number one, it works. But number two, it's also, it works for me because it helps me like, I can get really wrapped up in what I'm angry about, but where I find healing is when I'm doing something. And when I'm taking an action, and even sometimes if that action is just to sit still and do nothing, which is the hardest action for me. Yeah. Sucks. Just sit still and do anything. Well, and I have to trust my comrades that maybe right. somebody else is better suited for this. Right. Right. Yeah, mutual aid is so it's a journey. So, <laughs> I have so I like it small, small and little. <laughs> like just like like honestly, like I did this project over the pandemic where I collected art supplies and mm-hmm. then I redistributed them. And it was like it was me and two or three other people, and we distributed 150 bags of art supplies to young folks who were in domestic violence shelters, who wow. um some women in recovery. Like it was just kind of like I used my networks and I remember thinking like I went to I think life in my days did a like a mutual aid kind of Zoom thing, right? Where it was like a lot yes, of training. We did. Yes, you did, right? And I listened <laughs> to you guys. And one of the advice is that like number one, bureaucracy is oppression. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> you know? So and then also like sometimes trying to outsize what you're capable of that's what leads to these like sick nonprofit cultures right yes so like which is the reason why the state thing doesn't go on oh i'm sorry (laughs) you know like i knew what i could take on as 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 an individual and i knew that i had one or two people that could support me right and i thought to myself okay well i don't know anything about collecting food and distributing food i don't know anything Mm -hmm. about like getting these people vaccinated or masks Mm -hmm. or anything like that but i do know a lot of artists who are cleaning out their drawers and are looking for a place to put their art supplies 
And I do know a lot of people in different communities who would love to be able to give these art supplies to, you know, young people or people in need. Mm -hmm. So like that. And I was like, okay, so I can do it. And it was great. And I might art is expensive. Yeah. Art supplies are so expensive. Right. So that's a blessing. (laughs) Yeah. One of my next projects and I still like uh, me and Juanita have been discussing this is having like little like box of like, like take leave what you want, like take what you need, leave what you have, kind of like an art supply box in downtown mm. New London somewhere. So like, mm. okay, you don't really, like I don't use acrylic paints. So sometimes people give me acrylic paints or I have some old ones that I'm not really using. So I take them to the box and I might find some paper that I need, you know? And it's it's like it's like um, a lending library, but for art supplies. Right. Um, one of my like heroes is Theaster Gates. He's a social practice artist working in Chicago and like he's been doing stuff like that for years in Chicago. Um, mm. And so like, that's the kind of thing that I'm into is like, just if everybody kind of looked around them and was like, Hey, what, what actually can I do? Mm. You know? Right. And, and like, sometimes it is just giving money, but also like, there are things that like, maybe you're good at, like I, okay. So I have to say this one thing, if you are good at admin, like scheduling, paperwork, um, accounting, any of that, and you want to do something for the movement, please go get in touch with like your local mutual aid or your local, um, like women's shelter or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you be so I much appreciated. As, like an organizer. <laughs> yep. We always need an admin person. Always. Always. Fucking always. It, it would be like, I mean, honestly, like, if I could have an admin person for every project, I would, like, kiss their feet. Like, I just, like... <sighs> it's such a... It's a lot of work. It you is. know what I mean? And then it you is. gotta put your boots on the ground while you're doing that. It's just mm-hmm. stressful. And it's it is... And, it, and it's doubly stressful. Like, so for me, like, it's part of, like, my disability. That, like, mm. actually, like, <clears throat> the stress that I get from having to fill out, like, a really simple form is, like, you know? Yeah. And even the, the build up to, to fill out the form. <laughs> like, yeah. don't get me yeah. started when I know I have a grant project due. Like, <laughs> there's, like, at least a week of angst. I'm like, ah! like, just this frozen angst. Yeah, I I just stare at the dock and I'm just like, oh. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I can't do yeah. this. Yeah, and it, it's really like I my husband always jokes like it's just part of your process at this point. Like he knows me; he's gone through this process with me so many times. Like if it's either writing a grant or curating an exhibition or organizing like a project. He, he knows like there's going to be a week coming where I'm just like a mess. Mm. <laughs> and thank you for supporting me. <laughs> because like I gotta have, like, he's just like, okay, well it's that time. It's the angst time. <laughs> like I'm going to make you some peanut butter cookies. <laughs> Sounds like a support. Leave person you some right bacon there. on the counter to grab. <laughs> yes. The bacon. Peanut butter cookies and bacon actually like are a really good snack for the morning. <laughs> oh really? Yes. I need to. I need no, to not really. But I tell oh, you, no. it's super healthy. 
I believed you. <laughs> I was just ready. Wanted to. <laughs> I had ideas. I was getting ready. Actually, like I um I convinced him one time and I like sprinkled bacon bits on top of like my peanut butter cookie and it was actually fire. Like Oh really? Yeah. Oh word. Okay. <laughs> I'm not judging that. I, I love bacon and I like peanut butter. So one day I knew that I was going to mix. So this might mm. be actually a calling for my life mm-hmm. to, to just get it done and stop. Like, like a peanut butter and bacon uh, sandwich? I don't know. I mean, it could work. Uh, I don't know about the bread, though. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about, I'm not trying to go that far. But maybe maybe the bacon bits is a good start. And then, yeah, yeah, bacon on, bits, you know? Yeah. Well, have you ever had, had like tongues? bacon chocolate? Like bacon and chocolate go together really well. What? Mm-hmm. What? Oh, really? Okay. I mean, you chocolate can have chocolate syrup, syrup, so. Yeah, it's like it's that. It's so for me, like in all things, I'm kind of like like non-binary, <laughs> and that even has to do with like my taste in food because like I don't like sweet or savory. I like sweet and savory mm. together. Like, and I kind of joke, like, like I just call myself queer because it just encompasses all of it. Cause like I'm queer by being neurodivergent. Mm-hmm. I'm queer in my sexuality. I'm queer in my gender and I'm queer in my kinky. Like, and like, I just like, I just clear it up wherever I go. That's like going in and I don't know. My, my friend Ty says there's like this, like, part of the movement where like people are like the agitator mm. like the dis- this dis- or sometimes it's called like the disruptor mm. and I've always struggled with that because I'm like one of those people and I'm like ooh, I said the awkward thing that nobody wants to say right mm. or I'm kind of loud and awkward and a little rude right because of mm. my ADHD and my impulsivity mm. but also like because of my privilege, I can get away with it. Mm, and exactly. maybe I can use it to like make some change. That's that's why that's why I like to hear. That's what take a note, DNC down there in the DC area. Mm. <laughs> take a note. All that damn power. <laughs> well, I'm not it. gonna say another A word that might get me banned from Facebook, <laughs> but um, I actually like think abolish the police doesn't go quite far enough. No, it really doesn't. We talked about that. Um, and it was, it was, it felt so good seeing city councilmen say that. I was just like, oh, okay, we're getting in the bag sauce now because to defund is just, I mean, like, like we said earlier, the defund is just like, you know, okay, they're still it's around. A road to abolition. <laughs> like it's still it's around. a pathway to abolition, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. it's a pathway yeah. to abolition, and you know, I'm not. I'm not a policy person. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not, I, I'm not, I don't necessarily, my work is less about the state solution and more about the people solution. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I see it this way. Um, just, just off of from a, a abolition and socialist perspective, when you look, even not, even, even not even just that, like, um, it, it, it goes beyond that. It, it goes beyond Marxism and, and abolition because or the ancestors didn't have police. The ancestors didn't have 
prisons. The ancestors had mediation groups and mm. they had other different means for public safety. And, and there's so much more that we don't know or understand that is really not even new. It's just mm. that just it's hasn't true. been used. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I've, like, I've been instance. on a, a quest about like Irish law and mm-hmm. Irish law, like before the English was some really, it was a very a egalitarian society. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. when the marriages were entered into men and women had equal rights under the law. Mm-hmm. And it was the colonizer English who actually mm-hmm. disturbed a thousand years of that kind of egalitarian rule. Oh yeah. Now, I'm not saying that like ancient Ireland was like a feminist paradise. Oh no. But I am saying that like you know uh, that Sinn Fin was right. Mm-hmm. And that the land belongs to the people and that the land will be free. And when exactly. the land is free the people are free. And 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 that's that, that's what you need to hear queen you're probably never going to hear it but northern ireland is not yours bitch you need to let that shit go because <laughs> it's a whole nother subject that no one's Solidarity talking about. with palestine <laughs> and all other uh like uh like territories that are yeah. being colonized hell yeah. oh, hell because yeah. you know like you know i i like i love the land back movement i think that's actually like I really connect to that. And I think, again, like abolition and land back, what we run into is people, like, they cannot imagine what no, that can. looks like. They like, can. they can't imagine what that looks like. And that's where art happens, right? Right. Like, art can help us. Ima- what would it look like if the land and the people were free? Exactly. Like, we can imagine that. Exactly. And even with when you were talking about how they had equal rights, even with 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 Africa before before the colonialism happened, there was trans leaders, there were lesbian leaders, there were gay leaders, there were straight leaders. There was all kinds of kings and queens and pharaohs. Um, they don't even go into depth ever with the education of how many trans and lesbian and gay pharaohs there were it was just so diverse and so many identities Mm. so many sexualities and it's that history you can still see it in the caves um jadena who's a artist that's uh signed to janelle monet he made a statement because he's from nigeria he talked about how you could look into the caves and see the history of of sexual acts the history of sexuality the history of just freedom being who you are. This whole idea that LGBTQ is not a part of Black community is a false colonial segment. It's, it's a part. It's all of us. We are all. There shouldn't even be labels, honestly. I'm tired of it. <laughs> but we need them. <laughs> I think they're useful. Yes, they're I useful. Like, I don't know. Like, um, yeah. I'm a writer, like a graffiti writer. Um, I don't really practice much these days. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I kind of have to say that. Um, but <laughs> one of the things that, like, I always got teased about is that I was always changing up my tag. And mm-hmm. I'd be like, "Look, 
I'm going to change my tag to fit me. It's my art. Right. right. And like, exactly. I never really did writing. I, it wasn't like the macho kind of thing that some of writing and bombing became. Um, mm-hmm. I grew, I, I learned from a guy, like an old trained guy from Oklahoma, which was more about like your crew having your back and everything like that. But like one of the things I love about, I love ancient history. Like I have been into it for so long and I love you talking about like the pharaohs and the cave paintings and like the evidence is there, right? It is. It's just not talked about. It's and, just and, and I think too, when that's why they want to censor the art because the art is the record that's left. I know yeah. as a queer person, the first time I ever saw another queer person that wasn't on like, Donahue being made fun of, right? Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, I really dated myself that Donahue reference. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, but the first time I ever saw a queer person, like, was in art. Mm. I think, I think it was, I was watching something about Robert Maplethorpe. It was like the trials of the NEA, and I was like, ooh, I gotta look that up. Like, because they were like, oh, this pure art is so dangerous for kids. And me, this, like, queer kid was like, oh, I'm going to go look that up. Yeah. And there's a photograph, a self-portrait he did where he did himself. And he's, like, kind of like a greaser. And it's a pear. So he's, like, a greaser. And then he's, like, a very femme. He's, like, a feather bow on makeup. And his hair is, like, he was a very beautiful man. Mm. And, like, I saw that picture. And I was like, oh, there's somebody out there like me. Yep. And like, to me, that is like, I always, I, so my, my kind of tagline in my studio practice and in my podcast is that art connects the brain and heart, Mm. but also art connects us to like, like the past and the future at the same time. And it's like, that's why it's like, that's why like defunding of art is like the defunding of like our soul. It is. It really is. You know, this is dope. This is why I like having podcasters on. Yeah, because like, we, we can just, just we just talk. <laughs> you know what I mean, like everybody else is just like waiting to, and, and it's fine. They just wait for me to ask questions, but it's fine. Like <laughs> conversation. Well, I did have cool. a little coffee before I talked to you. <laughs> oh yeah, this, I was drinking the Red Bull. I only had like three hours of sleep. So. Well, I hope you get a nap today. I think I have sleep acne, honestly. Um, that's what it is. Maybe something like that. I, I'll find out during the sleep study when they come up with the results next week, stuff like that. But. I also I've been thinking a lot about sleep as like, do you know the nap ministry? Have you ever heard of that? The nap ministry? There's a nap ministry? No, no, never heard of it. Yeah, so I, it's a Twitter account. I think there's also like a website, mm-hmm. but basically it's that like rest is revolutionary yes that actually being like oh i'm gonna call out to work today i'm gonna take a (laughs) nap because i need it right i'm not going to answer that email i might not even answer my email for three whole days (laughs) like i mean look i'm old enough to remember like i resisted getting a cell phone until Mm -hmm. i was like 24 because i was like Mm -hmm. i don't want everybody calling me in my pocket right it's and so now it's funny. like if you don't text somebody back in five minutes, like, like you're like persona non grata. 
Yeah, you gotta take the red receipts off because if they see that you read that shit, I don't know it's how to a do whole that. new system. God, it's so bad. Especially on Facebook. Way. Like I'm like, somebody didn't text me back. They hate me. Yeah, yeah, it's just so. There's nothing you can do. Like you're just like, bro, leave me alone. All right, I'll get back to you. Well, and also like sometimes I'm not gonna answer a text, but that doesn't mean I'm not gonna be scrolling through Instagram. Right. Right. Oh God. I'm one of those people. I will legit not even answer my messenger and just be on Instagram and Facebook and then just like this motherfucker is on Instagram, Facebook, liking and commenting on shit. And he hasn't replied to me at all. Ain't this some shit? And then I'm just like, Oh, I'm sorry, blah 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 blah. You're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever. Like I feel bad, but hey, look. I don't like talking to people all the damn time. It just gets on my nerves. Like, well, I, just, I have I'm to like when I have time myself. for it. <laughs> yeah. You have to like prepare yourself for like phone call and stuff. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I have to like, like do some like deep breathing and be right. like, all right, all right, all right, we're gonna right. call them, and you're right. not gonna like say something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's how I felt when I was on the phone with the funders last uh, two days ago. I was like, oh, God, please, let's just stay correct. <laughs> let's stay educated. We don't have a degree. They're probably shocked that we even have this job with no degree. But let's try to do this. <laughs> well, and you know what? Like, anymore, sometimes with the way student debt is and the way we've seen these institutions not really care for their students in any sort of practical way, particularly marginalized students Mm -hmm. and either, and not even marginalized professors. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually have told a few students, you know, look into the community college, look into like, go like learn a trade. Right. Like, like, because like, you don't have to divine yourself by your job, you know? No, no. Like, you, I have a friend who is a janitor, and then he makes art. And, oh. like, that works so well for him that I'm like, dang, why did I not think about that? That's dope. That's you dope. know? It's a union yeah. guy, too, I think. Oh, fellow union guy. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> don't don't freak him out over the unions, Ali. We already talked about the police. Oh, I mean, I can talk about the unions. <laughs> Uh, because I grew up in the South where there was a lot of union busting happening. And I grew up oh, with a yeah. grandmother who was an Irish unionist from Queens. Oh, and nice. she taught me from a very early age that you do not cross a picket line. Oh, really? So, yeah. That's dope. That's dope. I learned late and I learned the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I never, I've never been, a, <laughs> been, it's never been possible for me to join a union. I would love, no. oh my gosh, we could, artists could really use a union. Because, like, uh, when people ask me, like, oh, if I gave you $100,000, what would you do with it? I would, I'm like, okay, well, I would start a resource center where artists have, like, like, they can get health care. Like, they can get housing. Um, Like, a lot of people, like, when you have to write grants and stuff, you have to sign, like, a lot of, like, the Adobe stuff. Well, Adobe costs money. Like, what if there was, like, a resource center that, like, had all these, like, and had all the forms where you could print it out, where you could like, right. you had dependable Wi-Fi. Like that's a huge barrier to a lot of these like grant projects. Right, right. Oh, well now we use Google Docs. That's our cheat. It's a, it's a good little nice cheat. <laughs> yeah, I like Google Docs. Actually like yeah. don't, 
I mean, look, don't get me started. I am a Capricorn, um, <laughs> and I love some Google Docs. Yeah. Oh man, it, it, uh, Google is just so corrupt. But that is such use. That's so useful. I just can't get rid of it. It's like, what else would you use? Honestly, it's like it's well, you right know, here, and everybody so that you funny. want to see it could see it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, well, I also think it's funny to see like when somebody's working at the same time. It's like we're the ghost of each other. Like, right. There's like this like kind of weird thing. And then when I went back to graduate school in 2015, I had not been in college since I like graduated in 2002 with my undergrad. And so there was about a dozen years between. And people kept being like, oh, just send me a Google Doc. Just send me a Google Doc. <laughs> it's a Google Doc. <laughs> and I'd be like, and people would be like, oh, I just sent you the Google Doc link, and I would like click on it, and they'd be like, Burr. And I don't know how to do any of this. Like, I finally had to sit down with my teaching partner and be like, look, I missed about a dozen years of academic study. I need you to sit down and explain Google Docs like I'm five. Yeah, it literally just destroyed Microsoft Word. I don't know anybody that uses Microsoft Word anymore. It's like it's my boss makes me use it. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, but he said he's eighty, so <laughs> he's old school. <laughs> Very old school. I come up with the times, man. You gotta take that class, take that class. But honestly, no. When I went to South University, they made me use it, and I went to South University like uh like a year before the pandemic. So that's that's pretty recent. Mm. And I was just like, why the f- do I have this? I don't want this. And they're like, no. We require it all to be on Google Docs. I know everybody, not Google Docs, we require it all to be on Windows. I know that everybody's using Google Docs, but Windows still gives you a better way to do your MLA format, blah, 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 and that bullshit. And I'm just like, dude, y'all making me pay because that's what it is. It's to your tuition. You got to pay for your subscription to freaking Microsoft Word. And can I tell you that Microsoft Word has a contract with that university, I'm sure, as well. It's paid. To make you guys use it. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. My student ID was a Microsoft fucking... Well, in Google, let's talk about (laughs) Google again and think about, like, Google donating all their computers to schools everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's dope. Like, there's some, like, I don't know. There's just, like, I don't know. It's, It's just, like... Sometimes I'm like, man, it must be weird to be a kid. Because I have my kid's 14, right? <laughs> okay. And he has grown up in such a different world than I grew up in. Yeah. In some ways, it's really good. You know, yeah. like, I didn't have a word for my gender until I was, like, in my 30s. So, like, for queer kids, like, at least they have these, they have the language. Mm-hmm. And, like. And like, but in technology, like these young kids, like they're very informed, but like on the surface level, I worry, I worry because so much engagement is like here when like change happens down here. Mm. Like, again, it's like the root grasping at the root instead of the surface. Right. Right. It's like, and, and, and I've been trying, I've been thinking, actually, I've been thinking with my podcast of trying to do like, um, like a book like a reading club or something like that, because I know there's a lot of people interested in like the intersection of art and activism. Right. Mm -hmm. 
and there's so much good material and and I don't know like I just feel like maybe I'm taking on another thing but also like I'm an educator by trade and by vocation and by passion and so I can't be frustrated again by people not knowing Right. Like if I want to have these conversations about liberation and mutual aid, I got to make sure we're in the, on the same page. Right. Right. Exactly. Oh, Sorry, no. I was looking at my cat. My cat is a you kitty. Hi, kitty, kitty, yeah. kitty. He's so he is looking at we have another cat that's like a guest. Her name is <laughs> She's we're cat sitting her. And he's just staring at her right now when he's been mean to her forever. So I'm just watching him like, you better not try anything. Oh, maybe they're coming to a kitty cat piece. <laughs> yeah, I think they're coming to a piece because he's actually pretty calm. And now he's just, okay, I think it's cool. I will know if I hear a hiss. <laughs> <laughs> if I hear no cat start. fighting, I will know what happened. <laughs> right, right. Well, yeah. you probably won't with this mic. This mic is uh, amazing. It just condenses... Oh, all right. the sound. You know what? I think around. I just got one of those. What's it called? Uh, my my uh, girlfriend gave me this. It is a Fox Nova. Oh, oh yeah. I just got called? one of those too because I got a grant for the podcast. So I was like, ooh, I just haven't set it up yet. Oh, weird. Yeah. Yeah. This is, it's pretty dope. Like, I like it. Um, Your I voice sounds great. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I had the air conditioning on the whole time. I don't know if I you can ever, hear it. You can no, hear it's it. very clear. That's yeah, like oh, we're getting into like, like inside baseball podcasting. Right, can't even hear the air conditioner. Oh my god, yo, I gotta get you on with um, we got so we should wrap this up because I have to sleep before okay. I get to, uh, sure. be in practice. But um, I have to get you on again. Uh, for, so this is a good segue. My season two is going to be starting in October. For everybody nope. that's listening, that. That's going to be wondering, oh, where's the episodes in August and September? October is when I'm coming back. And I, I want to get you on with Drea. Drea is another podcaster from Las Vegas who's oh, cool. indigenous. Um, they're indigenous in South Pacific Islander. They are dope. We just oh, that sounds fun. That shit. We talked about ghosts. We talked about everything. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so we... So, please, I will do a special Halloween... Like, <laughs> that'll be dope please, i know right i like i i say so art is magic and i'm a mm-hmm. witch and Word. the trick of yeah, it I is know, right that's true mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like people think i'm joking but i actually am a pr- practitioner i have mm-hmm. a patron uh goddess the morgan mm-hmm. and when i make art particularly my installations there is intention there mm-hmm. if they are spells and I, and I also, like, I don't really practice, like, hard magic. Mm. I practice, like, the small domestic magics of, like, intention and doing things with grace and, and power and with love. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think, honestly, like, that's, it sounds cheesy, but, like, that's, to me, is, like, the everyday magic is, like, what I'm about. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> see, that's going to be dope because yeah, I have, yeah, I used to be a part of it. I just, um, Hecate. You ever heard of Hecate? Excuse me? You ever heard of Hecate? Oh, yes. Yeah, that's, that's the, the one that I have followed a lot um, since I moved out of my parents' house. So 
we could go into depth about that. Like that's yeah, that's they're my, a triple goddess too. That's my homie right there. Like yeah, I, I have yeah. a statue the of Morgan her. and Hexate <laughs> sometimes are maybe the same. Yeah. They're oh, very yeah. like there's this kind of like dark mother goddess. Oh yeah. And that yeah. is like, yeah. And and they're really it's like I I am very attracted to goddesses, goddess, um, deities that scare the patriarchy. <laughs> Those are two names that definitely do. <laughs> I've got uh, Kali Ma right behind me. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow, nice. And then you know, Ocean. Ocean, yeah. African, Af- Ocean. Did I say it wrong? I said Ocean. That's what how I heard do- it. Sorry, I didn't mean to correct you. Jesus, you know, I'm gonna have to. No, you're no, you're you're fine. I'm I'm gonna have to let you go because my cat's doing stuff. Um, so <laughs> everybody, dude, definitely... we can do like an ancient goddess podcast. I'm in. Yo. I'm down. I'm <laughs> like we feature like an ancient an ancient deity. Yeah. Well, and that's why I like the Morgan too, because the Morgan is a they. Oh yeah. Like oh, yeah. the Morgan has been gendered. Yeah. But at their roots, they are not. I mean, death and lust are ungendered. That's, yeah. You know. Oh and yeah. Battle. Oh yeah. And that's a whole nother conversation part of that. There's love. Yeah, yeah. Because you gotta shit. get to sleep. Sorry, I could go for days. Oh no, you're fine. I was just saying, there's <laughs> levels to this shit. You know what I mean? Like it's pretty dope stuff, and some people freak out about it. I'm like, bro, it's just it's just another nuanced conversation. Just relax. Like there's a lot of things that goes on that you don't know about, and mm. we're, we're, we're Americans. We're just we're afraid of change. We don't like to have things that we fear around. I see, and the ones that are not like that, like us, we're they're just looking at us like, what the fuck. <laughs> I mean, we are very, look, the roots of Western civilization in the Americas mm-hmm. is puritanical. Mm-hmm. And there's never, we've never really come to terms with that as, yeah. you know, um, and particularly like in Connecticut, there's a big history of witch burning. Yeah. And yeah. so like, that's part of it for me too. And I tend to go back to like patriarchy is 5,000 years old. Right. And like, I feel like it is the root of like everything, like the root of like colonialism is patriarchy. Right. Once you, once the patriarch decided that another human being was lesser than because of their gender, Mm -hmm. then that, that started the ball rolling and that will, if you're lesser than, then I can control you. I have power over you. I, you know what I mean? And so then, and it's like the Greeks and Romans and like the Romans were the original colonizers. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh God. They, I have so much information on their asses. And again, that's a whole other subject. That's a lot. We can have like 10 conversations. Yeah. Well, how are we going to wrap up? Just have a few episodes. This has been such a pleasure. It really has. Oh, it's dope to have you on, Ali. Sorry, we, we had to reschedule this too, but I'm mm-hmm. glad that we were able to reschedule this because it's me too. Hell yeah! Um, so definitely check Ali out um, on on their uh, so you can go to Magic and, Press or yes. you can go on Instagram. I'm really active, and it's at Magic underscore Press. Yes, 
or at Art Period Everybody. And that's my podcast. And I put a ton of memes on there. So if you're into memes, I like, I love memes. Like, I think they're goddess culture. Yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) I got to get back into that meme shit. I I did a meme earlier today, actually, for the first time. I used to do memes all the time for my cat. So I got to get back into that shit. But I put your link right on the description. So they should all have that and everything definitely please share this video it's going to be on all platforms it's going to be on spotify all that stuff uh by this weekend but definitely share this video because they're definitely shadow banning me so (laughs) just in case they shadow ban this video (laughs) be on a spread us around right spread this shit around spread it around god damn it I'm I'm pretty sure that this is an educational uh, talk that we had as well too. So it's a lot of good information. So um, I hope so. And please reach out. Like I might be slow to get back with you, but like right. I offer one-on-one workshops, um, and I do sliding scale prices. And um, I really like if you're interested in learning, I'm interested in teaching. You know, and I, like please just like. And if you're interested in learning more about mutual aid, I can give you some resources too. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Thank you so much, Al. Um, you have a good day. I'm going to go and ca- try to catch a few more Z's. <laughs> yeah, Everybody please do. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Effectively transforming community. Peace in our human family. Volume unity. Shining individually, collectively transforming community, peace in our human family. One love, one growth, as above, so below. Feel the pain in my soul, the red pill dissolved. Organized, no matter the cost. Politicians starts wars, they don't fight, they sit in the poor. And nothing lasts forever as long as we stay together. Give hell to the masses, watch the unity rapture. This is for the kids and the culture. It's one love, one. Qu-